Good day, good day, and welcome to Your Voice, Your Power. I am Anika Wilson, and today I have with me an amazing panel. So today's panel is going to be about self-doubt, and who cannot relate to self-doubt? I think we all can. I think that the pathway to success is overcoming self-doubt. So I want you guys to listen up because we have some amazing women that have amazing stories and they're going to share and we are going to talk about self-doubt and how to negate it in 2019. So we're going to start off with Dorothy. Hey, Dorothy. Hello, Anika. How are you? Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. It is such a pleasure to have you. Can you tell listeners who you are and what you do? Yes, I would love to. My name is Dorothy Borlakowska, and I am an inspirational speaker, lifestyle designer, and singer. And self-doubt is something I'm very familiar with. I think a lot of women are. And it's such an important subject to actually speak about. And thank you so much for having a podcast about it, because I think it's one of the things that stops us from following our dreams. So I hope that this conversation will open up a lot of hearts and, and uh, inspires women and everyone to follow their dreams and follow their path. And where are you coming to us from, Dorothy? I am in the freezing New York. <laughs> yeah, you can freezing. keep that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I won't complain. I won't complain. Actually, today is 30, so it's actually, you know, it's hot. Yeah, I, we had She said 30, and like she was excited, and I'm like, where is her? This weekend, we had about eight degrees. It was down to eight. So 30, we are enjoying. <laughs> I can't do it. Thank you for being here, Dorothy. Thank you. All right, next we have Chelsea. Chelsea, tell listeners who you are and what you do. So I'm a full-time digital marketing student, as well as I'm a full-time boss babe. So I own my own e-commerce site selling ladies swimsuits. So I definitely can speak about self-doubt because between school and work, there's those moments of self-doubt where you don't know if you can give anymore. So it's something I'm very comfortable about. And I'm representing from Vancouver, Canada. So... This is really exciting to speak with all you ladies and hear your opinions and just keep the conversation going and maybe we each inspire each other at the very end of the day. That's what it's all about. Thank you for being here, Chelsea. You're welcome. All right. And next we have Miss Kay. Hey, Kay. Hey there. So I am... Kendra Lockhart. I am an award-winning goldsmith from Chicago and as well as an interdisciplinary artist. So I work in many mediums of creativity. And the reason why this topic means a lot to me is because I have walked both sides of this coin. I spent a decade of my life being unstoppable and accomplishing all of my goals. And then suddenly found myself in that web for the next decade wrestling with my own inner doubts, as well as going against the doubts of others. So I have quite the toolkit, and the reason why I joined your panel, and I'm super excited about this today, is I am looking to share our pro tips and best practices and have a juicy conversation to see what we can and can't figure out about this, you know, this topic that just keeps popping up at every turn. I love that you say juicy because it is so juicy. Mm -hmm. 
yeah, it is. It, it will never run out of legs. I tell you, this is something that we could probably talk about for weeks. Now, you mentioned something about self-doubt, but you also mentioned the doubt of others. Do you guys feel that the doubt of others seems to be more motivational than self-doubt? Mm, I think it really depends on where the other people's doubts are coming from. Because if to me, if they're not really strong opinions in my life, like friends or family, I don't listen to that doubt. I try to stay in my own lane and stay focused on doing Chelsea and what's best for me, which, yes, that's selfish. But at the same time, if they're not a huge role in my life, listening to that one person that doubts you is not that important because there's always going to be those haters wanting to throw rocks at you. That's selfish, but it's also a huge strength. Absolutely. I would say that part of the main reason I was so ignited that first decade of just being a beast was because of the doubts of others. It was a great contrast. It really, at the end of the day, it was, you don't know me, I know me. I know that I overcame self-doubt when I realized that other people's opinions are based on their own life experiences and they have nothing to do with me. When I came to that realization that their opinions are really based on what happened to them and their, you know, their, their truth, that's when I was able to listen, but not really absorb. It was a very big lesson in my life. So I listen, but I do not absorb it. Um, I just accept it for what it is. I respect it. And then I do what I know my path is and I follow my, it was a very big lesson. That's huge that you said you listen, but you don't absorb. That resonates with me because actually the doubt of others is motivation for me. Um, I think that I love naysayers because I'm that person that I can show you better than I can tell you. Um, I think that the doubt of others literally pushes me more. I think it makes me overcome my self-doubt just because when somebody puts it in the universe, then I feel obligated to you know sh you know prove it to be wrong um and i don't know what that is i'm sure there is a label for that but i i really <laughs> i'm grateful for it sometimes because i think it's a form of resiliency yes I'm i think we all have to do what's best for us you know in different situations for me for example with someone's doubt really affected me because i was always that person that always cared about what everyone thought and try to walk in you know, their vision. So I love the fact that it inspires you, you know? Um, I had to kind of like say, okay, I will not absorb for my own defense mechanism, you know, for my own. Um. I love that though, because absorption is key. You know, it's okay to hear what they're saying and to take it into account and also see their perspective. Because the one thing about panels and having villages and other people around you is that every perspective has a valid point. It's just a matter of not using it as the driving force. Like you said, when you hear it, you can determine what you want to do with it, how much of it you want to, you know, let resonate, but in not absorbing it, that means that you're not um, letting it identify who you are or what you're doing. Of course, that makes sense. 
I think when you address the whole idea of others' doubts versus your inner doubt, one of the reasons, Anika, that I like what you said is the naysayers are a catalyst for you is because self-doubt is the mind killer. It's conceptual. It's in my head. Others' doubts, that's in my face. I see you. Ooh. Wow. That's yeah, very true. It is. And as soon as it's kind of like when you make art, the number of times we all throw the spaghetti noodles at the wall, whatever sticks, sticks, it, there has to be something that realizes it. Otherwise, it's conceptualized. It looked good on paper until I started trying to make it. That's when you really have your data. I, the number of ideas I've had, you know, the interesting thing about doubt is the opposite is certainty. And neither one of them is a fact. It's a mindset. Mm -hmm. It's Definitely. once you get it out of that mind, then you know what you're dealing with, which is why taking action, even in self-doubt matters. Otherwise you're stuck, you're paralyzed, and then you'll just start feeding that idea. And ideas go viral, whether they're good ones or bad ones. I definitely agree with that. You know, it is 100% the mindset of you as a person and how you conquer that self-doubt as well as with other people's doubts, how you handle that. Because some people, if they're getting doubted by someone else, that sticks in their mind a lot longer, which, you know, unfortunately, I feel for myself, if I listen to those comments, I get caught up in those comments and I'm not as productive. And that's why I try to focus on what benefits me. And, you know, as I said, it makes me a little selfish and I just focus on what benefits me because I know the effects of if I listen to that, I start overthinking on those comments and I lose focus of my goals and my dreams. It, that's an important thing for you to say, Chelsea, is to have a placeholder because if you're an empty space, then those others' doubts or your own fill it. Mm -hmm. And so it's not so much selfish when I look at it for myself, how I've done it is it's more did I bring self to this conversation? Because if I didn't, then I'm just the sum total of thoughts and opinions. And one of those, everyone's got the motivational phrases, right? There, some of them are borrowed, some of them are your own. But one that I saw last week that I really liked is, you had a purpose before others had their opinion. And I thought, oh, right, I need to put that in first. Otherwise, it's just going to get populated with that. It's a garden. If I don't plant stuff, then it's nothing but weeds. A hundred percent agree with that. I love that very much. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tough one to remember, but man, but I'll tell you, when you get it spanked enough, you will you <laughs> say it, it every day, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you won't get out of bed without it. Exactly. Let me ask you guys this. So um, when we're talking about self-doubt, what category of your life do you feel like doubt is more paralyzing are you going to give us choices or do we just throw out <laughs> okay <laughs> okay so i was thinking i was like okay so you know one thing that you know we have strengths in different you know or we're, our confidence level is different for every aspect of our lives so as far as being a mother as far as being a spouse as far as being an entrepreneur as far as being um a sister or whatever it is, you know, professionally, I always had confidence. 
I never doubted my professional abilities in every job that I've been in. But if you looked at me as a woman, as my size, as my shape, or as, you know, how I looked, that was always different. If you um, looked at me outside of motherhood, you know, or even inside of motherhood, I had a totally different perspective. And it's funny because a lot of people perceive you as one thing because they think that you're confident because you're confident uh-huh. in one area of how they see you, but they have no idea that that self-doubt is eating you alive in every other aspect of your life. Can you relate? Yes. In fact, my life would probably look like a report card. My strong <laughs> subjects have A's in them and the other ones have D's and it's the grade point average, but people don't see that. They're busy <laughs> romancing you or telling themselves, oh, she, she ain't nothing. Come on now. I think the hardest part as far as where doubt shows up against my confidence is when I go from my identity to a role. Like you mentioned, we play a lot of parts. I know who I am. It's when I have to act it out for myself with or without others that it gets a little dicey. Like I said, I'm an artist. I've never been anything else. I I was born this way. It's not something I chose. It's something, believe it or not, I chose against a few times and it went badly. So yeah, Mm -hmm. it was. We run from it a lot. And what we find out is that we're actually insecure when we go against our own calling. You know, you you have a purpose and you can try other things, but it doesn't mean you're going to be good at it. When you finally surrender to what you're supposed to be doing and what you're designed to do, it becomes effortless. It does. And that's where you get the identity and the confidence is in that surrender. Now trying to take it into a world with people who have not surrendered, who don't have that identity. And if they do, they're not executing the role very well. They're in their learning curve they're in their mess, they're up against, you know, they're contramundum, they're the voice against the world, they're a disruptor or a heretic. Being an artist, my job is to change perspectives, to say what's not being said. And there is a lot of doubt as far as artist subjective, it's not a metric, it makes people feel. Feelings are not always comfortable. Mm, so say that again. I constantly, if I'm going to make my art, if I were a woman of wealth and leisure, I would sit in my little tower and make everything I ever dreamt of, but I need to interact with the planet. And so I have to put stuff out there and sometimes it is not well received. And sometimes it's a loss of time, talent, energy, money, resources, other people's backings. And that's an interesting Ferris wheel of confidence and self doubt, but I will never turn my back on what I'm supposed to do, I will just have to play the long game of failing forward, which is a great way to knock out self-doubt. Failing forward. If any of you listening or any of us on the panel know of a very well-liked blogger, Seth Godin, he says that it's not failure we fear, it's being blamed and criticized. And I think that's the virus part of it. The failure gives is empowering. It tells me what to do differently next time. A lot of people never learn from that, though. That's true. You have to you have to apply it, and you have to really set your um, you have to set your own judgment aside to really look and go. Where's the gold? It's a lot of dirt. Where's the gold? Mm-hmm. Dorothy, can you relate to those different compartments? Is- I can in many ways because I am a very creative person from the time I was born. 
I used to run in my grandmother's village in Poland when I was little and build, you know, things out of rock, pieces of, you know, rocks and wood and creativity just comes out of my pores at all times. And you do always are afraid of that criticism, especially when you're an entrepreneur and you're starting the vision that you have envisioned, especially your business. You have it in your mind. You know that it is it's supposed to be a certain way. You feel it in your gut. You feel it in your heart. And those steps when you're starting, how are people going to receive you? When you're putting up a post, even online, you know, pouring out your heart, what are people going to say? Are you going to look a certain way? Or you know, there's so much self-doubt when you're an entrepreneur, especially. Uh, but believing in yourself, and if I always follow my gut, I've learned to really follow my gut. If it feels right in my body, it's the right thing to do. So overcoming that for me has been um, difficult. Thank God it's been received well, but you know, you do have that, that moment, you know, when you press the send button and I'm an inspirational speaker. So I want to inspire people to live a better life and to believe in themselves. And you know, there is that pause and then you click send and you just pray that it will inspire the world, you know? So I'm sure a lot of people have that self doubt when they are pouring themselves out there and trying to make that vision that they have a realization in their life, especially if you want to make the world a better place, you know? Of course, I even agree with that. Even like just starting a company and even you self doubt once you start sharing your idea with people, because some people don't support what you're going to do. And you know, you tell people and you don't know how it's going to be received and sometimes it's great feedback and sometimes it's not and that's where I think the self-doubt starts when you're beginning your dream basically you're trying to share with the world then that one person that doesn't believe that you really want to it just might hurt you but that doesn't mean you should continue self-doubting yourself you just have to find a different way of applying it and well said. I like that you're being creative with that feedback. Is I, That's very artist. I mean, I I'm not... I think the way we were raised is also different. Oh, sorry, Jess. Yes. Go, Go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. Oh, you know, I think we're a different generation. I was raised in Poland, so my parents believe nine to five, hard health insurance, for one kid. You know, there's that certain way. Um, and it's not the wrong way for a lot of people that's the right way. But I think we're right now at a time where a lot of people are really taking chances and believing in themselves. And we have the opportunity, especially in America, to really follow it. You know, there's so many doors that are open in front of us. There's social media. There's so many connections you can make with people all over the world. And the world is changing. So we have so many more possibilities. And I always try to encourage and inspire people to really follow that path. But that nine to five is wonderful. But right now, this world is a different place. And if you can right, create your own path in your own life, in your own entrepreneurship and your dream, your company, whatever it is that you envision, I always say try it. It's better to try than not to try. If you don't try... You know, you always say, I wish, I wish. I always believe in trying, even if you fail, you can get up and try a different way, you know, but becoming that self-doubt to just believe in yourself, I think is the biggest thing. I'm going to agree 100%. In fact, this is going to include you, Chelsea, is my favorite quote is from 
uh, famous hockey player, Wayne Gretzky, and he says, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. So mm-hmm. trying is critical. Trying, you know, are you living or are you doing? Exactly. Yes. It makes sense. Like I've seen quotes where like, I think it was Oprah wasn't successful till later in years. Tina Fey, there's a huge quote of women that weren't successful right away. They kept trying. And, you know, it might take you three chances to get the right try. But as long as you're trying, I feel like you're succeeding in life. Sometimes the first option's not the best option, but you did not give up. And that is sometimes more success than, you know, a paycheck. In my eyes, as long as you don't give up, you're rewarded, even if it's not financial. Absolutely. There are so many different types of paychecks than people who are beginning artists. And like Dorothy said, it's an entrepreneurial season in our culture right now. Um, they are, they are asking for, tell me what to do. Teach me the, the learning curve that is efficient because I may not have the strength of character to stay on the horse through these failures. And mm-hmm. it's fun to incubate other artists. And I wouldn't have known how if I didn't have those, values of here was my mistake here's what not to do my goldsmith mentor said a good goldsmith makes it right a great goldsmith fixes mistakes so if it's always going to go right you have a very tiny um professional iq Mm -hmm. failures are you're right that's the learning curve yeah Mm -hmm. definitely that's when you learn the most there was a study done i don't remember where I read this, but they went to a nursing home and they asked the elders and people that were there, what is the one thing that, you know, they asked them a few questions. And the one thing that they found that everyone was saying and the biggest issue and the problem was their regret. Regret that it didn't do everything they wanted to do. Yes. And I, it stuck in my mind when I heard that. So I'm just like, no, I am trying everything that I want to try. And I inspire my children to do the same because you just don't want to end up at the end of your life with so many regrets, you know? And you also don't know how long your life is. You don't know what's going to happen in the next five minutes even. So if you sit there with a little bit of regret every day, you're not going to live your life to your fulfilledness, I feel. Whereas it's sad because life is very short, even though some of us get up over a hundred years of it, I can't imagine how fast that goes because my past years have gone in the blink of an eye. So just yeah. enjoy every moment, you know. And I get as women, I feel like we really self-doubt ourselves, but it's learning how to conquer that for yourself because every person individually self-doubts differently and you have to work with who you are as an individual every day and working with those thoughts because it could be just one simple thought that you just need retraining on and it, it's like schoolwork you have to practice it it does not come within a minute of being doubting it it's something you work on every single day it just never ends there's days I self-doubt myself and I go tell myself five qualities I like about myself and I overcome that doubt but I also put in a lot of hard work to overcome that. 
and it's self-improvement and self-work it, yes. it really all comes from within definitely you know, someone can stand in front of you and say you are amazing you are wonderful you are beautiful and unless you believe all those things those words are just not going to mean much so that's another thing absolutely um, and you know one thing that chelsea said is we all doubt ourselves differently I would say we all language our self-doubt differently, but when I work with newer artists and entrepreneurs, I've found a common ground because I, I love asking myself questions that I'm going to, you know, blog about. And one of them is, how does our self-doubt even begin? And I have, I have it down to four steps that seem to include just about everyone that I've interacted with. The first part is it starts out great. You have your desire, you have your inspiration, you've, you've concepted something wonderful. It's that next step that's the, you know, could go either way. It's then vulnerability. You don't know how, mm -hmm. you might have resources unmet. Ooh, maybe you'll have to ask for help. Imagine that. Yeah, right? <laughs> and then that third step is, uh-oh, limited thinking and judgment because you don't want to be told no, because it might sound like criticism. And that fourth step is pain in the form of shame. So you escape all of that by returning to either the pleasure of your next idea and dream, or you'll sabotage the positive thinking so that your next idea doesn't have to go through that same cycle. So either you loop it or you kill it. But deep down, you had a purpose, like I said, before all the opinions. And opinion people are following. People who are on purpose are leading. So, Ooh, no, this is- Say that again, please. I would love to. Opinion people are following. Purpose people are leading. So you aren't even on the same, you're not even in the same lane, even if you're on the same highway. Yep, I, love it. I would agree. I love it. Love that one. So when I unpack it and I tell people, this is your cycle, these are your seasons of your self-doubt. Now let's deep down, you got excited about an idea, that felt good. Now let's unwire the, it feels bad to feel good, it feels good to feel bad, because that is an interesting time in our society, is where we're starting to look at busting those chains of generational programming. And like Dorothy said, is what worked for one model cannot be justified by the next people. Mm -hmm. I would, I've tried, I've, I've broken my head wide open against that brick wall of, if I get that external primary paycheck, then I can supply my side hustle, which will eventually grow into my main job. No, no. Mm -hmm. I've tried it to death. I've worked in five different industries. It is an illusion. Safety never is because you think it won't change. It's designed to change. That's mm -hmm. right. Yeah. The change was just slower for the generations before us. My dad and mom could work at a company for 25 years because change was like permafrost. It thawed slowly. We are in yes. 2019. I, my, you know, my iPhone gave me five updates in six months. Yikes. <laughs> it's very true. The way we were raised is completely different how I raised my children, for example. I have a four-year-old and a 15-year-old. And I sometimes wonder, what is the world going to look like when I they do. are adults? Oof. It almost, it, <laughs> I, I almost have chills just thinking about it. You know, Me the too. speed of things, the internet, the social media, mm -hmm. the opportunities, you know, but the world is changing. And I think embracing that, I'm 45, that would say, you know, the generation of after 40, 
sorry, Chelsea, I know. <laughs> but, uh, you know, if we could embrace that and say, okay, let's do it. Why not? You can do it. You don't have to stay with that programming that you have. Um, there's nothing wrong with you if you take those chances. I love the word programming too, because, you know, I think that you remember the TVs used to like go off and we'd have all these little ants that went across, you know, um, programming, you know, and they would have to pause so that they can revamp and update. See, nowadays things update, you know, in the process, but it wasn't like that. Things literally had to come to a halt so that they can, you know, change programming. And, you know, I think that that's sometimes what we need to do. You know, um, Kay just mentioned um, being in a full-time job to pay for your side hustle. And a lot of people are stagnant in that space in not just their business, but in their life, you know, they're yeah. like, let me just keep doing it this way, even though I know better and I know that I can do it this way. Let me just keep doing this until something changes. No, you have to be that change because the thing that happened, I was going to ask you guys, this is the, the question I'm going to put on the table when I finish my spiel is to each of you, I want you to think about now, what was it or what day was it where you totally threw out self-doubt? And what I mean by that is, the day that you started endorsing your own ideas and you no longer allow that doubt to live there anymore. And I say that because I can't remember what day it was, but now when I have ideas and like you guys, I'm a creative, I was a music major in college. I was a musician for years. And no matter what your creative niche is, if you have that kind of brain, it never dies. And no matter how much you conform, to society and to institutions and to working a job and wearing a uniform or just trying to fit in just so that people stop telling you that you're crazy for thinking the way that you think, it never goes away. So where were you or what was it that finally gave you the power to say, I'm not letting doubt in and I endorsed my own ideas? And I'm gonna start with you, Dorothy. I would say after my divorce. Mm. You know, divorce is I can relate to that so, one. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> you know, something happened where it was a lot of, I felt it was almost like a rebirth where I just said, okay, I confirmed to a lot of things. This is who I am and I'm going to embrace it. And it was, it was a few years. It was a process. Uh-huh. But I really felt like that transformation, it was, I became a completely different person. When I began to live in my truth and speak my truth, mm -hmm. and I let go of these walls of perfection, I was always a perfectionist. I shed those walls. Um, my life completely changed. And you know, mm -hmm. they say change is hard. I actually feel, and this is just my opinion, I feel like change is not as hard as being in the situation you're in. Because when you really look at it, and if you're in a situation where you're not happy, mm -hmm. I think that's harder. Living in a situation it where you're really not is. and you're not being who you're meant to be, and you're not speaking your truth, I think that is harder than actually making the change. Because change is freeing. I felt like I shed millions off of me. I felt like I could literally fly like a bird. Um, so I feel if people would just maybe look at change as something that is easier, and lighter rather than harder, um, it would entice them more to, to look at that, you know, and to make the certain changes in their lives that would make them happier and more fulfilled and even more joyous because I think joy is that word that we forget. Um, but yes, I would say after that is when a lot of things changed. I can relate to everything you said. 
And I think it might have been the same time frame because you know what? Yes. We do what society tells us we're supposed to do. We try to make it look good when we realize that it's not working. And we finally, you know, first we have to overcome that failure thing of feeling like we failed because we're saying this isn't working, you know? And I think I went through a three year separation before I got divorced. And I think that's when a lot of my confidence started building. That's where I finally said, it's okay to be who I am and to feel the way I feel and no matter what that is. I'm me and I'm okay with being me and I'm no longer trying to be anybody else. I think that's where it changes. And so I must say, you said rebirth and I can totally see, you just gave me a light bulb. Right? It feels amazing. You feel like a new woman. And yes. Yes. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful, it's a painful process. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, it's probably one of the most amazing things. I'm grateful for it. I can actually yep. say, that I'm grateful for the entire experience because it taught me things I would have never learned. I agree. So I'm grateful for all the blessings and all the failures and all the lessons, you know? Agreed. Chelsea, what about you? Oh, this is such a deep question. I feel like it's when I started the ball rolling with my company because it was basically born in my classroom because I was out there trying to get experience to do digital marketing and no one was giving that to me so I went and was like I can do this myself I will play with it then somehow the ball just started rolling and I was like okay I can grow this and you know really doubting myself at times then I've had people that tell me I can't do this and I was like no I can do this and uh, that just kind of gave me that little push I needed and I don't doubt in a mindset anymore that I can do this because I have for every one person that d probably doesn't agree with me I have about 20 people saying yes you can that's why I sit there focus on myself because to me if I go listen to that one person I go on a spiral so I'm very fortunate my school with like supports me beyond belief like I'm sitting in my classroom right now I'm out of class but the support's there for me so really just having find my company while I'm in school because no one was giving me that opportunity which was making me self-doubt that I was even in the right program because I was like okay I'm looking for a job and nobody's giving that to me and here I've always known I wanted to invest in some type of company. I never knew I could do it myself. I never knew I had that creativity because I'm not an artist at all. I never thought I was, but I guess now because I am designing a company, that's what I do. Mm -hmm. But really just, so I would definitely say it was this year because it was found in school, but just when nobody gave me that opportunity, that's when I took it into my own hands. That's where I lost my self-doubt. And it's sometimes being a young woman, like I just turned 27, it's very hard to overcome self-doubt because society tells us we have to look a certain way, be a certain way. And mm -hmm. I still have people in my life that are the nine to five generation. So they try to influence that. Mm -hmm. And I have to be like, no, I can work for myself. So really just. Good for you, Chelsea. 
it's a lot to take on as a young person, as a student, but really just not self-doubting it and understanding you can take the opportunities into your own hand and push forward. <laughs> so I can't wait to see you at 35. Mm-hmm. I, I'm looking at yeah. you now and I'm <laughs> like, I, ha- I had a midlife, midlife crisis at 35. And I can see you by that time, you're going to have multiple businesses, ma'am. I, I, that's a calling on your life. You Thank got it. you. That's what you're a lot of people tell me. So I appreciate that. You're that getting means- an early start. And I mean, a lot of us, we hit this point later in life. You know, we had to go through things and you kind of got the lesson early. And you know what? Keep pushing those people out. And you just said that they're motivating you, though. Told just you. a little. Just use, I mean- it. just use it. Use it and just step on it. <laughs> I mean, as you climb to the top, keep going. Exactly. I mean, there was moments like I actually was separated. I went through a very nasty separation when I was 25. And I feel like that kind of empowered me as well. Then I went through a different breakup as well, which, you know, kind of, I don't want to say burnt me the relationship thing. So I was like, I'm just going to go focus on myself and go do school. And then this was born and I'm like, okay, let's keep growing. That's that motivation yeah. for you right there. So, uh, all right, Kay, what about you? Well, let's bring some magic and fate into my story. Uh-oh. How did I know? I hope you guys are ready for a good, a good tale. Um, when I was growing up, the lifesaver was dance and theater. However, I had an injury and pretty much lost that. And it's soul shattering to watch years of work gone in the blink of an eye and knowing that I was a tenacious soul even at a young age there was no way I was going to start over from zero so I decided that I needed to reinvent something I already had a foundation with and I had gone with my father a number of years to his lab he was a dental tech so I grew up watching gold and model making And so what happened is I didn't take it seriously, but fate knocked three times in my life. The first was I was 16 and I took a jewelry class just because it was available in high school. And I thought, "Mm, I'm probably going to get an easy A. And I did. And the teacher went, hey, you're kind of a natural. But that teacher was retiring. So there was no support or encouragement. Went off to college thought I was going to be an architect and found out very quickly that that was to appease other people and wasn't really the creativity zone that I wanted. So I switched and it reshuffled the electives. Again, metals and sculpture came up. I thought I'll get another easy A. And this time the professor happened to be somebody of significance. She was the president of the Silversmith Society of America. And she said, kid, You've got it. And I thought, eh, we'll see. I don't really know how to apply this into a career or profession. So I graduate, and a couple weeks after moving home and the family pressure to, all right, well, degree, where's your job? Where's your paycheck? Where are you plugging into the system? Why aren't you a number yet? And my father got sick and couldn't attend a dinner that he had paid for a ticket for. And he said, you're going to go in my place. And I said, over my dead body, am I going to be stuck in a room full of 50 year olds in suits that only want to eat and drink? And he said, you're going to go or you're going to pay for the ticket. 
I'm not losing the money on this. Well, given those two choices, I went. And as destiny would have it, I sat next to my future business mentor. He said, you're a little young for this club. What are you doing? He said, I just finished a degree in art history and metals. And I'm just starting my first commission and I'm getting burnt on it. He said, show me what you got. Classic artist move. I take out the napkin, sketch it out. He says, here's my business card. Meet me at my office tomorrow. And the rest is history. He sponsored that design to be finished. It got submitted to a competition. It won design achievement. I've won eight more awards with him. He moved the goalpost closer to me. He showed me how this could happen with partnership. There was no doubt. That's why that first decade of my life was unstoppable. But to go back to what Dorothy and Chelsea said, there was that midlife crisis in my 30s where suddenly everyone in my life was running off and getting married and having a kid and buying a house. And I was still the working girl. And I lost my community. And I got small. And when it was just me with my own thoughts, that's when I spent that decade learning a lot about self-doubt. I totally get it. And that's yeah. what I was saying. I don't know what it is about that age, but things start looking a little different because you're like, I'm a little too old, not perceived to be that young anymore. People think I'm supposed to have it together by now. Tried this, didn't work, didn't like that. Let me try something else. And you know what's funny is that when you can appreciate the lessons, I think that's what negates the doubt. Because when you can look at the things that you've done and the things that you've overcome, then that's when you know that you should stop doubting yourself and just to look at your strengths instead of your weaknesses. And I think that's what women tend to not do. We're constantly looking for what's lacking. We're not yes. looking for what's right. Yes, I always say there's like a three-step process to healing to, you know, for, actually say it's forgiveness, whatever happened, mm -hmm. just versus forgiveness, then it's mm -hmm. healing. And the third step is gifts. And when you're at the point of actually seeing the gifts in the whole situation, the whole experience, that is when you're okay. When you can actually embrace them and say, you know what, this taught me this, this and that, now I can inspire others or, you know, I can live my life, life in, a, in a different way, so. I love that. That's a very resurrection, you know, reinvention cycle that you just laid out in My one, cycle. two, three. <laughs> yes, I went through that cycle. I realized yeah. that's what it was. And when I saw the gifts, it was amazing. Mm -hmm. So how do we all balance the negative? Gratefulness. Ooh. Gratefulness. I would I, say I love that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think being grateful erases everything else. I know that if I, if something is happening in my life now, this was not ten years ago. So this is mm -hmm. all. You know, this has been a learning process. But whatever is happening in my life, I close my eyes and I imagine and think of ten things that I'm grateful for today. And it always starts with my children being healthy. That's the number one. I open my eyes and I swear life looks different. Whatever is happening, I know I can overcome it. I know I can deal with it because those 10 things are so much more important than anything else that I'm going to have to you know, encounter. So I would say gratefulness for me personally. Definitely, I would agree with that as well as I'm very focused on myself right now, which, you know, 
it takes a lot of discipline to tell people, no, I'm working on myself. Cause especially being at that age where a social life is important to most people in their twenties. And I'm like, no, I'm focusing on myself. So really just being more self-aware that doesn't mean I don't have my days of self-doubt or that even I go see a counselor sometimes to go talk myself out of my feelings per se, because I'm not always a happy Jane person. I have depression that can creep up on me at any moment, but it's how I handle that. So I just, I take it one moment at a time per se and try I don't want to say build a wall around the negative people, but try to limit how much it comes in because I know how my mind works with it and just being really self-aware. I love it. You both have set me up for my personal practice. Um, Dorothy, I think the one thing that fascinated me about gratitude, because I always thought I love the word, but it's scatological. What does it really mean? What does it really look like? I had no idea that when you put yourself in a state of gratitude, it actually creates dopamine. Yep. And when there is dopamine, the world does look different. Yes. And then Chelsea, you hit it too, is wellness. Wellness is critical. Is If my mind isn't in the pocket, then I'm going to be deciding from different spaces, whether it's not feeling great or having a cynicism or even just the normalization of anxiety or depression. Mm -hmm. So I will tell you, I've divided mine for myself into, are they addition or are they subtraction? Is it something I'm building up or is it something I'm taking down? Ooh. And the bullet points are simple. And first, not necessarily first in line, but one of the first ones that I go to is understanding your mastery. There's that phrase, it takes 10,000 hours to make you a badass at something. Let's just <laughs> borrow that number. If you've really mastered it, own it and move on. Last year, I was a master of fear. Definitely. And so this is, you know, start- I was with, there with you. Right. Get your PhD, put it on your wall, and punch out. Hang Go. it up. <laughs> right. So, you know, get that soul savings account. Keep- learning new pieces of your craft, get yourself diversified because all the eggs in one basket is never a winning strategy. That's true. One thing I did as a creative is I made an altar to reinforce that road I've traveled. And I have um, props to give to a good friend who is a joy coach out in Vietnam. And she says, forget your to-do list, look at your have done list. And so mm -hmm. my altar has the photo of my first meeting with that mentor, a framed calligraphy card in my handwriting that says capital Y-E-S, yes. I have a love letter to myself. I have various gems and crystals for calming and beauty. I have a journal. I get my best and worst self-talk out of my way. The trash will not take itself out. That goes double for your mind. If you're hoarding your good thoughts, they don't become actions. If you're hoarding your bad thoughts, you're getting flabby. Your, your tool will not get sharp. So, you know, I'm a, I'm a fiery soul, so I will write a love letter to myself, but I'll also write a rage page. And thank God nobody gets to read them because they immediately go into the fireplace. But that I love catharsis, that. That, that getting it out. Mm, the I love that. going to the gym and sweating. Like Mine just happens to be verbal. 
Yeah, I prefer verbal because sweaty, you know, I've been saying that every year for New Year's. It's not working. <laughs> right. year. I, I bought a yoga ball the other day. Yeah, it's bouncing around the house. So I'm well, with good. fire. I'm with Thank the fire. you. Thank I got you. That. And you know what? I got that. Right. If you're recycling, <laughs> if you're recycling your to-do, go back to your have dones. And one thing that I will say that are the subtraction ones that are really important, know which parts of you are open and closed. There's a great blogger out there, Mark Manson. He says, know the difference between your hell yeah and your F no. Ooh. Because I'll tell you, a maybe is just a no that's incubating. And it's also procrastination. Exactly. Yeah. So nothing is gained. You are just mm -mm. depreciating, you're depreciating you're your idea anywhere. and your momentum. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that you really need to gain, and I think that Chelsea hit on it, is you don't have to have a social life right now. I spent my 20s being a rocket into the stratosphere, and I don't regret it. Um, there was plenty of time to have that comfort of connecting much later, and it was much more valuable with the knowledge of self. But what is imperative is a critical ingredient called a committed listener, someone who is not your cheerleader, but someone who can referee the shots, behaviors, and fears that you're making as calling them fair or foul or in or out. Mine last year killed a favorite idea of mine. And it was my baby. I wanted to lecture on the nature of gems as both health and wealth. And she, for once, didn't roll her eyes. She looked me straight dead and said, you strut around talking about what a relationship genius you are and you don't want to help an army of people suffering in breakups because you want to talk about rocks. And it was such a, she high-fived my face. That was quite a slap. <laughs> <laughs> but it was the right slap. It was, wow, why do I need so badly to not take this risk? Why do I need to... Um, not give myself some good medicine. Why do I not need new data points? So a committed listener is really the person who's going to go, hey, give me that knife. And they sharpen it for you. And you went, no, 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 it was fine. Oh, it's better. Thanks. One of the last ones that I'm huge about is, like Dorothy said, is addressing your regrets. Complete them. If you keep looping it and you hang on to your confirmation bias. I went through what I call a man hangover. I had three bad relationships in a row. And so I started running around saying, there are no good guys. And I thought, wait a minute, I make wedding bands for a living. The data defies my experience. Mm. Why, you know, why would I close the door of making 6,000 beautiful bands? You know, I'm kind of full of it. So you're applying your self-doubt as a band-aid because you're just not letting that healing come up. Okay, I regret being in a space of picking these guys. I knew from the word go they weren't right. I just wasn't willing to call them wrong at the time. Mm -hmm. But the hugest one is know the difference and back to spirituality, whatever your version of it is, to me it's just a conversation with your soul outside of your identity, outside of all the roles you play, outside of your undercover work on the planet. Know the difference between a leap of faith and a jump of fear. You get two entirely different results, and you will always get the one that you have the most passion about. So those are my, my go-tos. 
And just to throw in, when you're passionate about something, it never feels like work. For some reason, it just came. Amen. Yep. Yep. I agree. Passionate, passionate I about what you're doing in life, it will never feel like work. It just and came growth, to me. You said that. And growth yeah. is uncomfortable. It mm -hmm. is not always a good feeling, but when you can see yourself propelling forward, it's worth every bit. Exactly. Do you know when growth was the most uncomfortable for me is when I hit that wall of all my friends are changing and I like staying the same. And like Dorothy said, change can be hard. I figured out, I cracked my own code. It was when I took an old key and tried to open a new lock. And it was Ooh. Bad. It was bad for the key and bad for the lock. <laughs> I, a, I, work, I work in metal, so it was a mess. That was a lot of damage. That, that was like grinding up your gears in your car. I didn't understand you need a brand new key that you've never used before. Ah, I like that. That's yeah. when it got fun and easy, and that's when growth is beautiful, is when you can stop and go, huh, new adventure. And you mm -hmm. have no data points. If you're going to be a jerk and map your past onto it, well, then, you know, one of you had said that they're judging you from their experience. Well, I'm judging my new experience from my old experience. And that was kind of a party foul. And That's change is true. hard, but staying unhappy is harder. Oh, say that again. Change <laughs> is hard, but staying unhappy is harder. Yes. Mm. So when you think mm. of it that way, you will... Mm -hmm forward to make that leap of faith okay i like that leap of faith instead of jump of fear yep i love that and on that note have any of you guys experienced the 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 fact of when you get rid of self-doubt your intuition stronger oh absolutely yes hundred times and when you become more spiritual mm. and when you have those conversations with yourself which is the person that you live on this earth the longest with the That's longest you will ever have with anyone is yourself right so nurturing that relationship is so so important that's really important because i have notes and it says nurture yourself ah, that's yes. one way to negate self-doubt and i i definitely have gotten into that i went to a massage for the first time in seven years yesterday i'm hurting but i feel good wasn't it amazing <laughs> it was and you know it was something that I used to feel guilty for doing was just taking time to just do me. And now I think that I am extremely selfish and kind of addicted to just doing me. I, you know, I took the time. I always thought, oh, kids first. Kids need this. Kids need that. Now I'm like, Nika needs this. Nika needs that. Um, Nika needs Nika time. Nika likes Nika. Yes. <laughs> and if you've, you've ever tried, if you've ever tried to partner with somebody who's not in their wellness, it's like getting a human being who needs new tires that you are oh. not going anywhere. <laughs> those are flat. Those are bald. You have no traction. Oh my God. That is, that is some sloppy driving. <laughs> that is so funny. It's very true though. Well, and there's guilt um, for taking care of yourself. Nika. A lot, a lot of women have a lot of guilt when it comes to self care and self love they feel like they're taking away from someone else. It's one of the things I also had to overcome. Yep. Mm -hmm. Say, I come first. It took yep. me 40 years to say, I come first. And it mm -hmm. doesn't mean that I don't love my children and they're always my first priority, but my well-being and me being fulfilled and just being happy with myself makes me a better mother, a better partner, a better entrepreneur, better yep. friend, daughter, 
everything. So that is so important not to have that guilt when you actually do something for yourself because everyone will benefit around you. If you're more That's relaxed, right. your massage. And they want to be around you more because they're like, I like her now. Exactly. They, oh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so here, number one. You know, yes. I think that there's an actual common denominator into why everyone sells out on wellness. And what's going to happen is when you start feeding yourself, it's going to create separations from others who aren't doing it. Uh, and it's yeah. that weird leaving that, you know, that whole departure, that departure arrival thing, like an airport that I don't believe in the word abandonment. I don't think that ever actually really happens, but I can see how you can have an experience and call it that. I do. And I have a lot of compassion for that. And I hope that I have enough emotional intelligence around people who need to call it that for now. But once, you know, one of my celebrity heroes uh, is Adam Lambert. And when he wasn't fitting in, he withdrew and said that was not the way to handle that. When I hit my 30s and my tribe and community started changing, there was that separation. I was taking care of myself in a way that no longer kept us a team. And they were going and doing things that no longer kept them my community. Find people who have multiple points of relativity to you. So I love being with women. I love being with ones that have a spiritual conversation going on, ones who have levels of self-care and they know what they are. And it's more than just superficial. It's not a should to them. It's a must. Mm -hmm. And that they and own a business. They, they know how to build something. Yep. Because I'm going to tell you, you know, we were talking about something earlier and I started to bring it up, but I didn't. But when you start growing and you start changing, you have to start divorcing other people. Right. You have to. You cannot have anchors. Anchors, Naturally you know, you have to lift the anchor up and you have to just let the boat sail. And mm -hmm. that's probably the hardest thing about uh, moving forward. Um, but it is definitely mandatory because you can't move forward and keep the same company. And that is why you, that's why one of the things that needs constant gardening is, is this community still a fit? And if not, go get another one. Mm -hmm. and, it, and it may not happen tomorrow, yep. but you know, you are going to, you are going to sit on the sidelines of your own Super Bowl for a very, very long time if you cannot outgrow and reconfigure and integrate. Yep. So 2018 was my year. Oh yeah. 2018 was my year of detoxing my tribe. I, I it was sad. It, I'm not saying that you won't have emotions with it. Uh, I lost a lot of friends because 2018 was a rough year. And when people weren't getting what they wanted, long bonds started behaving very narcissistically. And that is something that I can't, support or endorse or thrive in and i'll tell you it is a hell of a paycheck to wake up in the morning and open your eyes and say there is no drama in my community everyone in my life is a contribution we're all we're all up to something that's healthy that's huge do you guys have any last words for listeners, something that you want them to take away from this conversation? Because I feel like we gave them a lot to think about. <laughs> so Dorothy, do you have anything for the listeners? Yes. I would say just believe in yourself. 
and respect everyone's opinions. But ultimately, you are the person who knows what is for you. If you listen to your heart and you listen to your intuition, you ultimately are the one who knows what is the right path for you. And always speak your truth. Do not be afraid because having a mask on or pretending to be someone else or living up to other people's expectations is really not leaving your truth. And it's so much easier when you live in your truth. I love it because I hate masks. <laughs> hate them mm -hmm. and I love that word because it says exactly what it is all right Chelsea you have any last words for the listeners I definitely agree with Dorothy is believing in yourself and really like I say stay in your lane you know there is no matter what you do even if you work a job that everybody really wants you to work you're going to have those people hating on you and not wanting you to be successful in that so just be really true to yourself and the rewards will come that way, whether it's exactly what you want to do in that moment. But if you're not doubting yourself and you know this is what you as an individual want, that means more to yourself in the long run than it should to anyone else in those five minutes they take to say, hey, you can't do this. So really believe in yourself, stay focused on yourself because at the end of the day, you came into this world alone, you die alone. So just do you. All right now. What about you, Kay? People may call it a little crazy, but it works for me and it ain't my crazy. So I have a dry erase marker and I write my own power slogans on the mirror. So when I wake up in the morning, those words are on my face. <laughs> and Looking at that reflection of myself, you can laugh. You can, I see you being polite. I can see it. I know. I can I see it. It makes total sense. But I just love yeah. the creativity. That's why I'm laughing because you come up with the craziest stuff and I love it. Because I'm Thank like, you. yes, it makes sense. I get it. My so, inner identity I, is all magic but, and play. And so one the of the piece, things I have. The piece about what you just said is a lot of people write it on the mirror, but you literally specified on your face and that's why I had to laugh because I'm sitting here picturing it on your face and that's different than just being there oh one of the things here's some of the things I've had in the past is I will take a purple is my favorite color I'll take a purple dry erase marker and I will write make it rain the night before and when I wake up to go wash my face that is the first thing that I see as a layer on top of my reflection and I went okay I know what's up but this was the one I specifically wrote for this podcast Conviction is a vision. Stubbornness is a blind spot. So are you going to be your greatest ally or are you going to be your worst enemy? Know who's driving your idea. I think I can drop the mic on that one. I want to thank each of you for being here. And I love what each of you are doing. And it's so interesting because no matter what we go through, everyone's story can resonate with us differently. And self-doubt is the barrier to success, peace, and happiness of many. And I hope that this podcast will make you stop and think about the things that you are not doing because of your doubt. And when you start embracing who you are, what you're made for, and what the world needs from you, I think that you can start really shining and being who you were designed to be. So I want to thank you guys for being here. I want to thank listeners for tuning in to another episode of Your Voice, Your Power, Self-Doubt Edition. 
Have a wonderful day and stay powerful.